This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday week. Grab a pint, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are listening to the Wednesday week, sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium. My name is Vic, and with me on the line, I've got two of the regs. I've got Stevie. You all right, Stevie? Yeah, good, mate. You? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. And Ben, you all right, Ben? You don't look yeah, very happy. Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, very good. You look miserable. No, I'm all right. And then we've gone a little bit international this week and reached out to our brothers from another mother over the pond, uh, the Owls Americas, and we've got Jeff. Hi, Jeff, from that other podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. So I thought before we kick off with everything, I know I didn't put this in the running order, Jeff, so sorry to throw you in at the deep end, but I just thought for any of our listeners who don't know about your podcast and about you and why you support Wednesday, can you just give us a little overview about Owls Americas and like why why you support the mighty Sheffield Wednesday? So Owls Americas is the podcast offshoot of Owls Americas, which is the sort of our, our national Sheffield Wednesday supporter group over here in the US. Uh, we have a, several major branches in, uh, in Portland, New Orleans, and in New York, but also we just try to connect uh, Wednesday fans wherever they are in the country with, uh, you know, if, you, if you're traveling for business and, or vacationing and you wanna see the game somewhere, we try to, uh, try to provide uh, connections between Wednesday supporters across the country and anyone that's coming over from England or elsewhere to on, a, on holiday or something like that. And just sort of, you know, generally try to build a uh, build the fan base in the U.S. It's you know, it's a tough sell for uh, American fans of the League One. <laughs> it's League a tough one sell for Sheffield fans. You'd, <laughs> you'd be surprised. We had we had someone show up uh, during the Wembley season towards the end that we'd never seen before in New York. Like, yeah, I just started. Uh, I just started like supporting the team a couple of months ago, and we like we just like first like jokingly called him a glory hound uh, for the rest of the game. <laughs> It's like, oh, we're finally in the playoff paces in the championship, and here you are. But the podcast was just sort of started as a way to, you know, uh, we often do segments where we, we will interview Wednesday fans in the States, you know, talk, tell them, ask them how they became Wednesday fans. Uh, we've had some interesting stories over the years as well. And then do the basic kind of like match review Wednesday news, uh, match preview stuff as well. My story is not, uh, not particularly interesting. Uh, it's a little unusual, I guess. I started rooting okay. for Wednesday in the, in the early 90s. You know, sort of like as an early 90s American Wednesday fan, you would suspect it would somehow involve John Harkes. And it really doesn't per se. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, I'm obviously a big John Harkes fan, but I started rooting for Wednesday because the local cable station here that showed Mets games, I'm also a Mets fan, uh, would show a first division recap show Saturday morning. So Friday night, I watch the Mets game. I go to bed. I wake up Saturday morning, turn on the TV, and it would be the first division recap show and then Australian rules football. It's like the 90s. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what it was. I assume it was some sort of syndicated uh, uh, match of the week type of thing that had a very British announcer and very British uh, uh, feeds as well. But 
uh, yeah, I was, so this is, I'm like eight, I should preface by saying I'm like eight years old at this point. I like the color blue and I like owls. So I just decided I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan now. And that is, uh, that has continued now for 30 years. That's awesome. Do you ever get over here to watch games or? So I have not yet. We were planning, so we, we were planning to do it uh, a couple of years ago and then some yeah, stuff happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and now I have a 20 month old too, which I'm not flying overseas with a, with a small child, but she's actually starting to get into it. We watch, we are, they put the games on every Saturday and she like points at the screen and she'll like clap when the players come out too. I think oh. everyone's clapping, but uh, yeah, that I mean, is- there's a lot of soccer on in the house. So she has started at least to recognize soccer. So that's good. So. As that's soon as I'm amazing. comfortable flying with a small child, I'm sure we'll make it over there. That's awesome. Because obviously I know James from the podcast, he comes over mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, the, the Sam Hutchinson lookalike of your podcast. I always <laughs> yes. say that. And he says, I'm the only person that says it. But I'm convinced they are brothers. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's awesome. So uh, have you had any like crazy stories then from fans who you've interviewed about why they've become Sheffield Wednesday? I, I, I was going to ask that. What, what's the most like... <laughs> so unique- there's been a lot of... Uh, there's been a lot of... There's been a lot of FIFA ones and there's been a lot of study abroad ones. I think those yeah. are those are the most common. Um, so our, our good friend and, and fellow podcaster, Evan Skilter out in Ohio, uh, he, he has a similar one to me where his like grandmother collected owls as a kid. So yeah, when he started playing FIFA, like yeah. one of those, you know, grandmother's houses was little, por- I assume it was just, I, in my head, it's like little porcelain owls or little like crocheted owls on the wall or something like that. Uh, so when he started playing FIFA, he just picked the team that had the owl on the badge. So that's really cool. Like, cause I think about you know, we all, you shouldn't really have a second team and all that, but I followed Spurs since I was little, just because I remember being at the game where Jürgen Klinsmann dived right mm. in front of where I sat. He scored a header in front of the cop and he ran over and he did the dive right in front of my seat. And I think from then on, I've just always had a soft spot for them. Um, and then now I have an official overseas team who are the Prague Raptors, who are <laughs> awesome. They're like, you know, like James is obsessed with St. Pauli and there are like, there are clubs around like, um, there's the other one up north, is it Clacton, something like that? I can't think. It's like a really sort of diverse club and they do loads of stuff for the community. Um, but Prague Raptors are exactly that, but in Prague. And I think it is giving me a really good excuse to go to yeah. Prague. They're the first overseas partner of her game too. Mm. And they have like teams of every age and ability and they're actually doing really well. So I think, yeah, mix it up a bit. And that's not because I like dinosaurs particularly. It was just... <laughs> so, I'm very anyway. excited here because obviously uh, the the American soccer pyramid, that's not really a pyramid, it's just yeah. separate floors, um, has really expanded a lot in the last probably five to 10 years. And there's like teams in pretty much every, like even I, I live in Connecticut and it's not a, not a big state with not a lot of cities, but I think we have four different uh, clubs, including two in Hartford. And I believe if the the smaller, I think it's the fifth tier team wins their first U.S. Open Cup match, they play Hartford Athletic, which is a USL team here, the second tier. So we we'll actually have an actual Hartford Derby. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> a Derby. I love mm. it. Um, so guys, let's go with some positive news to start with. Obviously, we have the Cambridge United game. Um, I have my own positive spin that I want to put on it after we've gone through and dissected six whole goals and non-conceded, which is just unbelievable. Stevie, he stepped up. Old Sido stepped up. Are you going to eat your words? Is that pie tasting nice, that humble pie? Or are we... What, what are we thinking? My humble pie is the tastiest pie I've tasted <laughs> in a hell of a long time. I am absolutely on the Sido train this week, 100%. I think um, they, they, the, the, the club put the photo out on Twitter, didn't they? With, uh, was it Barry and a couple of other, the other guys Barry behind? And Jack, that Jack, other guy, think, yeah, and someone um, else. And, and just the, the, the look on his face was great, you know, um, well played. On, on Saturday, I thought he was, he was excellent, and it, it, it's kind of been coming. But you know me, and if you if you listen to the podcast, I, I've spent many an hour sat in this office here, literally deriding the guy and, and, and telling that anybody that wanted to, to to listen that he was tossing it off and he wasn't bothered, and um, it, you know it was a waste of time having him, and he was fifth choice out of four strikers at one point, I think it was. Um, I, I, I was not about Sido Barahino until. Or, uh, I think the Doncaster game he was probably the turning point for him, wasn't it? Um, he, he's come on, scored the goal. Um, 
the, the the game against Lincoln was obviously the next one, um, and he, he he looked hungry there. Um, I thought Saturday was outstanding. He, he, he looked like a different player. He, he, he looked bothered. He, he's chasing things down. He looks confident. I think that's a thing that probably, if you go back and reflect, and um, the, the times when we've sort of said the, the negative things about him, he hasn't necessarily been the. He, he doesn't come across as looking bothered because. Um, perhaps on reflection, he's, he's not had that confidence. He, he seemed to accept being on the bench. He seemed to accept that sort of, I'm going to be a bit part player. And, you know, it is what it is. The the, the noises that have come out from Darren Moore, um, certainly over the last sort of, from Saturday night going out was, um, you know, it took a little bit, little bit of time. We knew it was going to take a little bit of time to get him up to speed. Um, the Belgian league that he was playing in wasn't anywhere near the, the physicality and competitiveness of an English league, albeit in League One, um, and the fact that you know if that is right, and 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 Darren Moore, and we spoke at length about Darren Moore last week. If Darren Moore has managed that situation and suddenly got a player outside Oberheino, I'm more than happy to eat my uh, my humble pie and eat my words. I've said that. I've, I tweeted that out on Saturday. Um, over the last three games, he's 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 been fantastic. I just, the thing that worries me, and I hate to bring him up because I hate to even think about him, but we put all this pressure on a certain Mr. Rhodes and he came up with a hat trick once and we thought the world was going to change and then it didn't. So I'm still, I'm still on the fence a little bit there. I don't think Jordan Rhodes ever scored three goals in three games for us. Uh, or three consecutive games, should I say? No, he probably scored, not. He scored no. against Lincoln. He scored against Doncaster. Um, I thought the other night, which obviously we'll discuss later on, um, I still think he 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 looks, you know, relatively on it. You know, I'm, I'm, he, he looks a different player. Yeah, I mean, Ben, you know, there's a lot to be said of a six nil win without Lee Gregory on the score sheet, but he was absolutely outstanding, wasn't he? It was, and they were they worked quite well together. Um, with Barino coming back into it, just to echo what Stevie says, looked Barino's looked sharper um, since his comeback. We we said a lot um, when the first few games he played, his touch was horrendous. We've not really we've not seen that um, since he come back in against Doncaster and then started the, the next few games. Um, so yeah, I. I know we'll get on to Tuesday night. I was surprised we brought him off instead of Patterson, personally, to bring Gregory on. But to get on to Gregory, um, yeah, he showed what we've missed, really, against Cambridge. we holding the ball up, something that none of the others really do, not to the degree that he does anyway. I know Patterson does probably the, the most out of the rest of them, but you saw for... The, the effort Barrino had, the, the keeper tipped onto the post. It was Gregory's knockdown and he brought it down, you know, for, from up in the air, chested it down to him. It's just stuff like that, that he's got that bit of quality that the others don't don't possess. And yeah, you say he didn't, didn't score the, the first goal. It's as good as a goal, really, yeah. from Gregory. He's put, he's put it across into an area where either defender puts it back at net or I think it might be Barrino behind that, that would have slotted it in. Um but yeah, he's gonna. We all know he's gonna be key if we're gonna secure a playoff spot, and then hopefully through through the playoffs we need to keep him fit. So yeah, we, we've I think that quite a good partnership. I know we've got Windass to come back as well, but Berrino and Gregory, like, like we said, the confidence that Berrino seems to have got. He could have got more than three against against Cambridge. I've said about the the one from long range that the keeper tipped onto the post. He had another one in the first half that keeper pushed wide. Cambridge's keeper had a very he had a decent game to say last six <laughs> no. He had he had a really, really decent game. The first half. Yeah, I mean uh, I was just gonna say that to Jeff. Like they were absolutely awful, weren't they? Apart from their keeper. I don't feel like any of them looked up after that first goal went in. What, what was it like six minutes, something like that? Jeff, what did you think to Cambridge? Um so it's funny, the last, obviously the last Wednesday 6-0 win was Leeds in mm-hmm. I think 2014. And a lot has happened in the Wednesday world since then, <laughs> both good and bad. But uh, that was a 7-15 kickoff over here and I was pretty drunk by eight. So <laughs> I, I, I remember the game well. I've certainly watched the highlights of it a lot over the years. And it, you know, that game really changed after the sending off in the, at the beginning of the second half. 
This, it just felt like a training exercise. It was yeah. surreal watching it. It awesome. did not feel like a, and not just because Wednesday scored six goals, which is unusual. It did not feel like a football game. Yeah. It just, it, it was like FIFA on easy or something. It was just, they completely had their way with them. And like Cambridge likes to play, uh, likes to give up possession and hit on the counter, but they never actually countered. They just give up possession for the entire game. And it was, and it was one-way traffic. And I think you can, maybe we're all a little too excited coming out of that and got a little bit of a, of a wake up call against Agrington Stanley, but it takes two to tango. And I think the Wednesday performance was just uh, unbelievable. Like it's, I, I know he's not even going to come up and it's interesting to me like Marvin Johnson, who uh-huh. has probably been their best player this year was kind of anonymous in this game. Like he was just sort of there, but when you think about it, he was just sort of there in a bunch of eight out of 10, nine out of 10 performances, which is just a standard at this point. So when, when the whole squad is that good and just firing on all cylinders, you know, they they are capable of doing this. We've seen it against Burton. We've seen it a couple other times uh, during the year. The thing for me, just to wrap it up with Cambridge is how do you watch tape of the Lincoln city game and then come out and play like that? Like, I know it's tough to go to Hillsborough and play the way, Lincoln played, but to give that midfield that much time and space, like, I don't know what they expected to happen. Yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it? We're saying, we've talked about it a few times, I've got to bring him up, Stevie, because he was outstanding on Saturday, but we often talk about the worry of having that one player that stands out, and it has been Marvin Johnson for a few weeks, um, and we've talked about, you know, sometimes when they go missing afterwards, when they get injured or they're suspended, the whole team kind of goes to pot, but we didn't have that, like Jeff said on Saturday, it was literally a team effort. But Mr Bannon, he was, I mean, that goal, Stevie, did you have the girls with you? Did did they witness that there. live? Yeah, Molly was there. Um, it was, it, oh God. Oh, I'm all emotional now. Uh, oh. <laughs> Molly, Molly was there and had a really good day. And it's it's just at the minute she's gone from, and this is just a little bit for me, she's gone from sort of coming along with the headphones and an iPad and um, not being bothered. And it was actually Olivia that was the fan. Um, the other twin that was, was a fan of coming along and spending days with her dad. But just this season to for her to come down, she's now into it and watching it. And for her to be able to see a game like that was just, you know, it, it was nice for us. Um, just to, on a personal note, but she she raves about Bannon. <laughs> absolutely adores him. Uh, has been singing about him all weekend. Um, I thought Bannon on Saturday was absolutely phenomenal. I thought it was outstanding. I thought the midfield three um, did everything that we've said that we think that they can do. Um, they complement each other and there's a nice balance to it. Um, one thing that I, you know, I've observed over the last sort of two, three games is that it's not necessarily horses for courses and you don't necessarily find uh, Luongo sitting, Bayer's one side, Bannon the other. You can see that one of them will go advanced and they've got that relationship now where another one will sit. So, for example, um, we, we, we tend to think that Luongo will be the, the the sort of the breaker that will allow the other two the freedom to go and play. But there were phases on Tuesday night and also on Saturday um, where Bannon would be the deeper player and it would allow Luongo to, to press forwards. It would allow uh, Bias to go and push on. And I think that, that that's really important because when your your midfield three is complements as well each other as well as it does and they are as fluid as they were on Saturday... Uh, certainly at this level, I don't think there's anybody that can live with us. Um, the, the strike for the second goal was absolutely phenomenal. Um, that was something that when we look back on the glory days of Carlos, it's something you'd expect to see there. Um, you know, it was it, they, back, back in those days, it was Bannon, it was Lee, it was uh, Wallace. Oh, no, not you know, yeah, Rick, Wallace. Rick Rick came a couple of years, yeah. Those yeah. screamers, the rockets that we, we'd see on an almost weekly basis were phenomenal. I thought that was a, a real callback to that sort of that sort of era. Um, and nothing but praise for Bannon. I thought it was outstanding on Saturday. And I know that he's a divisive player and I know that he causes lots and lots of discussion on Twitter and on Amazon. I have no idea why. I, 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 Vic said a, a, a couple of months ago, Vic said, we won't know what we had in Bannon until the Bannon's gone and, you know, we, we, we're looking at somebody else. And I think it's unfair to compare Barry Bannon to, and this is what people do. And I think we've done it in the past, where, you know, whether that be Tommy Cheek or not. We talk about, is Bannon, can we qualify him as being a, a legend of our club? Of course we can't, because we're playing League One football. 
yeah. but he is the best of our era by an absolute mile. Oh, and definitely. And the amount of people that say, oh, how can you call him a legend when he's seen us get relegated? He's had three average seasons. And I just think, like, what planet are you on? Like, the guy stuck you, it you, out. You, go, you can go back to that and talk about the average seasons, but you look at the player. We're talking about him playing in a midfield with Joey Pelopesi. We're yeah. talking about him playing in midfields that have seen us get relegated. I don't attribute us getting relegated to Barry Bannon We've at all. We've seen him playing we? and putting passes through to Jordan yeah. Rhodes. But, you yeah. know, it's, it's not yeah. been easy for him, has it? it, it, it this season, uh, it's bugged me and bugged me to a point where on the cop, some people that he does one thing wrong out of the 50 things he does in the game. Yeah. And it's, fucking up, Bannon! Oh, it <laughs> but but it, it's got to put it sometimes this season it's got to point with me where just sell him and then see what these people are saying. It it's started to get me angry and frustrated about it that people aren't just thinking, just just sit back and think we've got Barry Bannon in League One. Yep. Just just enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. it because he'll do things like he did against Cambridge on Saturday. He'll the, and to whatever game, the, just a little clip over the top that nobody else in this division has got quality to do it and put it on the six months for people. Nobody. Yeah. He, he went on a run on Tuesday night, and I know Tuesday was a different performance to Saturday. He went on a run. He's he's got his head up. He does his little uh, little pivot, his little pirouette where he, he can retain the ball. He went on a run, kept the ball for sort of. Six, seven seconds. We we advanced down the pitch by 20, 30 yards. I think it ended up going out for a corner. Within two seconds of him getting the ball, as he's gone forward, we've got people behind me going, he's not past it, he's not past it. And it carried on and it carried on. We've won a corner. We've moved up 40, 50 yards up the pitch. And then there's people moaning about Barry Bannon winning as a corner because he didn't pass it. And I'm thinking, what are we talking about here? He's such a scapegoat at times. I just don't think it's fair. Well, like I've said a million times, the paved paradise and put up a parking lot, didn't they? We're never going to know what we've got until it has gone. And it's he is just one of those players that we will all look back at some point, like we've done with your Kieran Lees, like we did for a little bit with you, even your JP McGovern's back in the day before Ben was born. <laughs> like there are players like that that we've we've kind of wished wished away, or a certain group of fans have wished away, and it's really come back to bite us on the bum. Um, so aside from the game and everything else, obviously we've touched on the fact that two of you here have little girls and Saturday was the official Her Game 2 um, fixture for Sheffield Wednesday and um, huge thanks to Joe Braithwaite at the club, he's been fantastic. Um, so I actually met up with the Her Game 2 ambassador for Cambridge beforehand, Emma, and it was one of those situations where, you know, they ask, like an opposition fan asks you like who they should be looking out for or, you know, what, what do I think is going to happen today? And normally when someone asks me that, I get it's the most embarrassing thing ever two hours later because I'm always completely wrong. But I was bob on this week. I said, you know, it's the midfield three. It's going to be virtually a cricket score. Like we're, we're going to we've got to bounce back or you're just going to hammer us. Um, but so I was right there. I like being right. Um, but just like I said, for the club, you know, we had the mascot in the Her Game 2 shirt, Ozzy, um, who that took some getting hold of from Hope and Glory Sportswear. Um, we had all the players warming up in shirts as well. Cambridge are obviously also a partner, so they brought theirs up from the weekend prior. We had all female flag bearers. We had female mascots. We had the line. I don't know if you've seen the picture that I tweeted, but there was a line of like 200 girls at the side of the North Stand before the match. Um, they got to play on the pitch at half time. It was just brilliant. And the fact that it really, really pissed some people off as well makes it even more tasty. Um, so let's move on. Get a glass of milk, Accrington, Stanley. Who are they? Before, before we move oh. on, I just say I know that it, a lot of legwork's gone in, gone into that, Vic, and I, you know we've not had a conversation about this. So I just think you deserve a little bit of congratulations for all the effort that you've put into uh, getting her game two off the ground at Sheffield Wednesday and, and, and getting getting them to partner up. Um, my girls don't play football; they, they've no desire to play football. I've got a gymnast and a, a tennis player this week. <laughs> whatever next week will be what it is It'll be a drummer next um, week you know yeah 100 percent. but you know the fact that she goes along and she's into it and she loves it and i know that there's that sort of there's always going to be that stigma that's around girls going to watch football and so forth and i just think it's really important that we we sort of bang that drum and 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 sort of raise the profile and continue to raise the profile because 
obviously I'm, I'm I'm married with two two little girls. My, I live in the house. I'm on my own. And when we have to watch the football, I watch the football with girls. My sister's a footballer. My sister-in-law's a footballer. Um, I've been raised in and around women's football and coached in there. And it's never and it, it's just so heartening to see how high the profile has climbed over the last sort of the last few years. But what people are doing now in terms of partnering up and, and, and getting that profile to be raised even more um, I think is great I think the club deserve a lot of credit and you know as I said for, for you to get that off the ground but you deserve a lot of credit as well Thank you I mean it was Joe Joe Braithwaite and Marcus Brameld really who have done so much work behind the scenes they've been amazing um, and I've been genuinely proud um, when we first spoke to them it all kind of got a bit held up in paperwork and going around the houses and obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic as well they were busy enough but as soon as Joe took over it, it's just gone from strength to strength. Um, and he's brilliant. Like literally, obviously, the main part of it is that we report stuff. So if anyone reports an incident in the ground, I'm the person that takes it straight to Joe and he actions it within hours. Like he's just brilliant. And aside of all like sticking girls on everything and saying it's her game too, that's the key important bit is any sort of report. He just deals with it straight away. So can we talk about Accrington Stanley now? Or should we not? Should we just give it? Should we just leave it there? Like it's it's not really that great, is it? Um, obviously there was a late equaliser for Accrington. We'd we almost saw a Jack Hunt goal, Jeff. This almost it, it, happened. It, it, We've it. been counting down the days, and it was so close that Callum Patterson got it. Obviously, it started off. It wasn't great, was it? But it it seemed to we plodded along right the way through. Um, did you think that that was going to be Jack Hunt's night to get his first ever Sheffield Wednesday goal in about 43 years, Jeff? I've, I've mentioned this on, on our show. Uh, he, That's like, why I brought it up to you. He, he, keeps, like, he keeps putting himself in good scoring positions. Like he's making the runs on, on the back posts for the Marvin Johnson cross. Every time I'm like, could there be somebody else there? But he's put some good, like he's been unlucky, right? He's he put some good headers on that the keepers have saved and, he just had that, that that moment where he I think he got caught between two minds of what he wanted to do and tried to just sort of go for placement over power when you really just got to try to smash it in a one side or the other of the keeper. But he's another one that's been, I, I, I think, I know I was, and I think probably all of us were, when he came back to the club, you know, taking a step down, you're like, all right, is this, is this really going to work? What does he have left? And he's been outstanding. Um he doesn't have the pace that he used to, which is less of an issue in this league, but just his, his positional awareness and his ability to put a cross in, uh, which is something the squad has lacked basically since he left has been, uh, has been outstanding all of the season. I mean, outside of the, for the game itself, this was in my mind, what I expected a yeah. Sheffield Wednesday, midweek league one. And there haven't been a ton of them in all honesty, but this was extremely league one. Yeah, it really was, wasn't it? I um, I didn't end up going in the end. I had to go home just before kickoff. Um, so I obviously didn't watch it because I wouldn't be able to in this country. Um, but I listened quite gingerly out of the window uh, and I therefore saw everything. Um, listen through my eyes. <laughs> listen through my eyes. Uh, listen up wireless, Jeff. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you said, it was a really scrappy one or league one draw, wasn't it? it? There wasn't much to go about. I thought... Patterson did all right with his goal, Stevie. You're happy with that? Yeah, um, fine. I think no qualms. I haven't got a great deal to say in terms of a goal that we scored. Um, I think it was a it was a tough game. It was a as, as you guys have covered. It was a typical Tuesday night League One game. If um, if somebody were to to come and land from a, a foreign land and go, what is this game of football that we're watching, and what standard is it? And you had to sort of the dictionary definition of League One football was Tuesday night, wasn't it? I remember back when we got to like Wembley in that season and we were saying, you know, we've not gone up, but we need to think positive. And, you know, we're never going to be playing Accrington Stanley on a Tuesday night with like Dan Fudge's exact words. You know, we've got to keep busting yeah. this on. And now That's why he's not on tonight. Yeah, he's just he's got right face He's just, I can't talk about Accrington. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ben, what did you think to the changes that Darren Moore made? Did you did you see mm. that coming? Did you think do you change a winning team? Did he did he get arrogant because it was Accrington? No, in, in terms of changes that he made before game, I mean Gibson obviously picked picked up a knock, otherwise he'd have started him and not even on the bench. So he can't really do much about that one. Um 
you know, without hindsight, you'd have been fair enough to say bring Iofer in after him sort of being on the bench, making a few appearances from from the bench. So no, that's no, not not too much really. I mean, as long for me, as long as he keeps that midfield three. Johnson on you know he's put a, he's put a solid side out. I, I think then you say that and he took off Barry Bannon. Well, well that's it. I'll, so the, like in terms of changes during the game, I mentioned the the Berrino one a bit earlier. I'd have probably took Patterson off. We're bringing Gregory on. It's a bit bit too similar for me to be playing together if 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 we can help it. Um, and I, I feel bet at the moment Berrino is always a decent bet for a goal. So I was a bit surprised by that one. And then to so yeah, bring Bannon off seventy-one minutes in at one-nil, and it never re- to me it never really felt comfortable. Really, they they always, always felt like even though they weren't making many chances, you always felt like the the they were going to be Sheffield Wednesday, aren't we? It's but, gonna yeah, happen. But, no, but <laughs> if he'd have brought him off on eighty-one, eighty-five. If we got one more, yeah, there's no problem with it. But I think just a fit. As I said, my dad, as soon as he took him off, so that's bold to, to be doing that with twenty minutes plus left. Um, I think not, not that we're reliant on Bannon with the players that we've got around, but as soon as it went a one-one, you're like, there's no there's no creativity to, for us to to go and get another one now. That's how it felt, anyway. I I, I think there's an irony to everything that we've said tonight about Bannon because I just don't think it was Bannon's night you know I, I thought Tuesday night it was land of the Giants time um, and we are we a big th- side Stevie you, we, you could just slot in <laughs> we we did take the piss a little bit about, about there is it Lewis there number 41 who, who <laughs> yeah. came up <laughs> <laughs> not the biggest of players was he but um, they were a physical side and I, I just I, I think Moore has I don't think arrogance is the right word and I'm not sure complacency, does it sit somewhere between arrogance and complacency? But was there a, a sort of a feeling that Moore has gone, right, we've got the goal, we're going to sit in now. The back threes uh, realigned itself because I, I, I did have an issue first half with the back three. I wasn't, I, It wasn't right and the balance wasn't right. And we've learned Tuesday night that Story can't play a left side of a three. He, he, he really did struggle. Yeah. Um, that's where we missed Gibson. The, yeah, and that's what, we missed, that's what we missed at the start of the season as well. I think that's why as soon as Gibson's got back fit, he's straight in because he's that only he's only left-footed centre-half that, that you know we've got. And it showed, like I say, first half story. Palmer's not bad at it. Palmer's probably better on that left side of defence because, he, you know, he can adapt to it a bit more. Whereas story, we're always, the same with Hutchinson in the second half, he's always having to come back inside. There were not. It, it, it would just absolutely it, 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 that, absolutely. You're absolutely right, Ben. And I, I'd said to my mate, who, um, who obviously I sit with, uh, you know, we were talking about it, and you could hear the sort of the discontent that was in the crowd. Um, I'm not sure that I would necessarily agree with that. It was just a scrappy game. I don't think we necessarily, I don't think we were poor. Um, and I know that I might get sort of pelters for saying that I didn't think we were poor. I just thought it was they had chances, certainly. Uh, yeah, like really not yeah. as many as Cambridge, but I, I think really if like the Barry Hino goal goes in in the first half, I think it completely yeah. changes. The, yeah. They just never had the clinical. It's it's one of those games where they just weren't quite clinical enough. Yeah, the Patterson shot as well. Um, where it's, it's bounced out. I think Johnson's done the loop and it's bounced out and Patterson, as Barry Hino's left it for Patterson, I think, and he smashed it down the middle. Um, I don't think we were as bad as Twitter say we were. I don't. I think we've been shithoused by a, a pub team. Well, people moaned on Twitter after Saturday and they turned it round onto people leaving two minutes before the end. Like, come on, why are we trying to argue all the time? Just stop yeah. it. Just yeah. shut yeah. up. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Jeff, for you, are you still feeling positive? I mean, we'll talk about previewing Gillingham in a bit, but do you still think that there's, there's a chance there? Are you planning a trip over in May? <laughs> It's frustrating, right? Because this is the kind of game that would be fine in October, uh-huh. but we're at the business side of the calendar now and they cannot get results to break their way in the in the playoff positions right now. They just can't for whatever reason. Um, I, I noticed they were top of the form table going into the Gillingham, uh, going into the Accrington game and really haven't picked up a ton of ground on the on the teams they're chasing. And their, and their one loss, they dropped from fifth right out of the playoffs. It's tough. That was one of the games in hand. You still look at the run in and you 
feel like they should do it, but every game like this where they drop points, you still got MK Dons and Wickham drawing closer as well. And now those like those are going to be must-haves instead of nice-to-haves. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely where, yeah. It's it's one of those things. I've got my hotel booked, but I've booked a refundable rate. So uh, I'm positive, but I'm not too positive. Um, you are listening to the Wednesday Week. We are brought to you by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. Um, that's if he's paid his invoice this season. I don't know. That's down to Ash. Um, so let's look at this that's come out today. The final three package. We're talking about the playoffs. We're talking about the need for this run. Ben, I'm going to come to you. So the Owls end the 2021-22 campaign with three home games in the month of April. And the club are offering a final three ticket package to, this sounds very, very Owls Americast, to help roar the team over the line. Um, so it is £69 for non-members on the COP, 87 on the South, 78 on the North. They're adult prices, obviously. Is it a good idea, Ben? Is it a cash flow thing? Is it just a case of get everybody in? Because that is going to send Twitter mental as well, isn't it? Because Dave, who's been to 50 matches all season, just so he could get a ticket, is going to be fuming when they come out of the woodwork. No, I'm, I'm not. I think it's a good idea. I think they're actually listening to what's been on Twitter. I think there's been quite a lot of people saying that they need to be doing something like this to, to get more people into the ground for the last what, four or five home games. So I think they've listened to it. Um, and I think it's a good thing. What, what we've been averaging about 20, between 20 and 22, 22. for yeah. all the full season. You won't be trying to get now, the last five, you want 25 plus, really. Um, especially when we're on a good run. The crowds don't seem to increase, even despite us going on a good run, particularly at home. I think, are we the highest scorers at home or something? Um, higher than Liverpool yeah yeah so you got a question why some people aren't necessarily turning up already but they're, they're doing this to to try and get those people to come and hopefully they will and yeah I can only see it being a good thing really I think is it only is it only a pound less a game compared to if you just bought three tickets I know, I've not looked at that I've not worked that bit out I was in a rush today I might, I might be wrong with that, but I'd seen something that it, it could only be like three quid less than if you bought three separate tickets. I mean, but, it's all a marketing ploy, isn't it? At the end yeah. of the day, it's a gift that you could buy for somebody. If you've got a mate who can't really afford to go, you could, you know, you could all club together and get them the three tickets. Stevie, does this raise the issue of everybody's cup final? Because a team's going to play up to us more if we are bringing in a crowd of 25, 26 for those last few games. I think it'll get to teams more. Sorry, Steve. I think it'll get to teams more. Well, you've had your piece. <laughs> oh, it's it's interesting, and, and we've honestly not talked about this tonight before beforehand. But I was looking at the game on Tuesday, and I was thinking, there's no way that they're going to get a crowd that's roaring them on Accrington. I'm talking about. They brought 13 people with them, didn't they? Um, and I, I, I'm not sure it's a factor. I'm not sure for, for the supporting teams, uh, for the supporters and what have you, in terms of the atmosphere, I'm not sure how much of a factor it is. Um, I think there are certain teams like an, like your Accringtons, like your, um, your Wimbledons that are going to come up, regardless of the atmosphere, they're going to look at it. I might be wrong. I, I, I think they're going to look at it and go, we're going to go to this big old rust bucket of Hillsborough against this traditional team that's been around since 1867. And... That has won leagues, we've won cups. Where you know we've got this tradition and history, um, and you know we're 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 looking at getting one over on them, regardless of the team. Uh, sorry, regardless of the support. I'm not sure that the, the the crowd for the away team. I think it's more about us, and I think that's where we need to look at it. I think we need to be more bothered about what's going on. I think it was very telling the other night when um, Darren Moore. I, I know a couple of the journals mentioned the fact that he was. Trying to rile the south, uh, rile the south up, and getting us going because it not going to happen. Huh? <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> They're all just like, mate, mate. I was there. I was there. I was like that. <clears throat> okay. <then. laughs> <laughs> um, but but no, I, I I don't know how much of a factor it's going to be for the opposition making it a cup final. I don't think the support makes it the cup final necessarily. I think it's the occasion for those teams. I think other teams that have got to come and play against us, like Portsmouth, would argue that. 
you know, they've got a divine right to be in and around that sort of atmosphere anyway. So I think it balances out on on play to the point of whether or not I think it's a great idea. I, I think it, it, anything that we can do to market getting more people through the gate is is fantastic. My worry is that you get to that first game, that first home game or the second home game of the bundle, um, and we've we, we've dropped and we're out of the playoffs and we're not going to make it. That last game of the season is going to be absolutely fucking horrific. It's going to yeah. be awful. It's going to be lack terrible. Of honor. <laughs> yeah. you know I, I mean? think as well. Uh, one of the other benefits, obviously, like Ben said, you do save yourself about three pounds, but you also get a guaranteed seat. Um, well, priority points to guarantee your seat if we do finish in the top six. So that is. That's a quite nice little added on bonus there because we are, you know, we were all there with the lights a few years ago and when Jordan Rose got too nervous to take his penalty. Um, and it's not that I'm not even bothered. It's not, I'm not bitter. Like, I don't mention it a lot. Um, but I think, yeah, I'm just disappointed. Um, so obviously, then we'll move on. Ben, I'm going to come to you again because you're a youth. And you've, you've played football at a good level and it's heartbreaking when it doesn't go your way. And this week we've announced the departure of Boateng, Bonington, Dawodu, Farmer, Hagen, Onan, Render, Declan Thompson and Liam Waldock. Mm. What, what did you think to that? Um, I think it's football. Uh -huh. the other day I think Darren Moore's done it now for the right reasons um, I think he's doing it for those lads that he's got rid of to to start looking already they're still going to be at the club till the end of the season but they yep. know where the future's at which you know I think he's I think he's done right for him really um, not many not many do that um, so yeah I think he's doing it for the right reasons um, it's hard it's hard to break through at the end of the day and like I say it's football and uh, the Josh Render, uh, the keeper, he's same age as me. I would when I was on trial at Wednesday I with Josh and really good lad, and he, he's been around it for a couple of years now. He he actually warming him up on on Tuesday night with Bailey Peacock Farrell and Joe Wildsmith. So yeah, it's it's just at the end of the day, it's it's football, and there are a couple of names that I think have surprised people because they've been in and around it, but. Yeah, I think out of that list, Liam Waldock and Declan Thompson were the ones that stood out, really, that I've kind of heard of. Um, obviously, Waldock probably more so. Thompson, I, I said in our group chat this week, I'm sure like he's been in and around it, and Ash said, no, he's, he's got the background story. He's got His yeah. dad's an ex-pro, isn't he? He had the hip problem when he was younger. Yeah. Um, but Liam Waldock, for me, I thought was a bit of a shocker because they're not going to be on big money. Um, they aren't, but do you really see him getting in the side no no which the, the, the Waldock one is interesting because we talk about the players that we've got we've talked about our midfield three we've talked about the lads that are injured as well uh, or we haven't talked but we've still got the lads that are injured we've got Fizz that's come back in um, we've got uh, a Denneran to, to, to go back in there Alex uh, Alex well there was a point I was going to get on to we've got Alex who's been in out and we're shaking him all about at the minute. Um, I still have reservations about Hunt. If they are looking at the way that Hunt is developing at uh, Grimsby as was, and then re more recently Oldham, it is Oldham, isn't it? Yeah. You know, though, 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 if he's going out and getting regular football and you're looking down the line and, and you've got Waldock sitting on a bench and Simon made the point a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that he, he, he wasn't happy or he, he was confused by the fact that we brought Brennan on in midfield over Waldock. I, I didn't mention it at the time. I thought that spoke volumes to the fact that uh, Moore's basically he's lined up his subs bench knowing who he was going to bring on in what positions if necessary. And if Waldock can't get into the midfield in front of Brennan, then who is surprised that he, he's going? Um, it's, it's terrible for them and you wouldn't want that for anybody um, at the club. But like you said, Benny, it happens. It's football. Uh, players are going to be released. If we didn't release anybody, would there be an argument that, you know, we're, we're not bringing youth through uh, or we're not bringing new players in? And it's it's the nature of the beast, isn't it? We're going to have to recycle player players. It's it's like a snake skin, uh, shelling its skin. We've got to get rid of people that aren't going to get in next year. And these players clearly weren't going to get in next year. Um, Thompson, um, I feel bad for because of his backstory. I feel bad because um, I've got mates that know his dad. Um 
and it's a shame that it didn't work out and I wish him all the best and I hope he can secure some sort of football at a decent level. Um, but it's happened and it is where it is and we, we, we need to move on. So speaking of moving on, uh, Jeff, I'm going to come to you. Obviously this weekend we have got Gillingham at home um, and since the terribly sad departure of Steve Evans, you know, that was how sad for them. Um, from what I can see, doing a quick scout around, they've had six points in the last, like, three or four months. Um, we're going to lose 5 nil, aren't we? <laughs> so this, I was looking at this or for our preview, and there are a couple of interesting things to highlight here. Uh, they tend to concede possession even more than Cambridge does. Uh, as a team, they're under 40% this year. Uh, my other my other favorite stat, uh, six, 66 yellow cards and six red cards wow. this season. So imagine uh, if they had Sam Hutchinson. Unfortunately, uh, half of those red cards are from a player who's suspended after the Bolton game. So we'll still be suspended for, for this game as well. But he had uh, six yellow cards and three red cards in 13 games this year. So wow. I expect we're getting another proper League One game. But the yeah, that's, there's going to be a punch up, isn't there? I think it's interesting that the last point that they got was against Cambridge. Uh, last three points that they got was against Kate. Oh no, against Lincoln and Cambridge. So you know, when you look at it like that, it's it's could go our way. It might not do. And um, we're obviously not far off since they got absolutely hammered. Was it six seven two at home? I've not got it on my screen now. Uh, yeah, seven two at home by Oxford. Um, so that's that's sort of the beast. I remember losing those sort of score lines back in the day. Do we, what do we think? Are we going to go back to the six nil squad? Are we going to are we going to see a start for somebody else? Are we going to bring back Liam Farmer? Is is Jack Hunt going to score? <laughs> What's going to happen, Stevie? Um, the the. They came to our place and I thought it was Palmer's worst game. I thought it was the weakest yeah. he's played all, all, all year. I think um, I think you alluded to the fact that him and Verdane Oliver, are, you know, they, they, yeah, they had a bit of a scrap, and, didn't they? Yeah. Um, it, was a, it was a tussle. I just don't think Palmer could, could handle uh, that physicality. I think if you look at our options at centre-half on Saturday, um, we've got Hutch, we've got Story, all being well, we've got Gibson, we've got Iortha, Dunkley was on the bench the other night. I don't think it's going to be the same sort of situation where we can be roughed up on paper. So I don't worry so much about the the, the threat that they would offer. Um, we've got that quality. Uh, we've talked about the way that we need to bounce back from the the, the negative performance performances. Um, whilst it's not ideal that we get those performances uh, every now and again, we've proven that we can sort of arrest that 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 fall, if you like, and we can we can get a look you know a little bit more out of it. Um, I'm going. <laughs> it's one of those games where, you know, even without the points to get away tickets, there's not that many people clamouring to go to Gillingham for whatever reason. I don't know if it's the stand that we're going to be stood on. Um, I'm looking forward to getting down there myself um, and I'm looking forward to a decent afternoon. And I think we're going to bounce back. I think we'll be all right. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, looking through the scores, obviously, the last time we played them, like you said, it was the Dane Oliver situation. It was when Canberry came back, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah. midway in the second half but yeah it's I think they were also they played awful football then didn't they because they were under the Steve Evans sort of just the oh, just pathetic rubbish cheating football um, and obviously it's not gone their way has it um, he left at the beginning of January uh, Ben I mean if you look at some of the results that have gone against them they've lost by some big margins is this another chance to try? Because, you know, we said on Saturday as well, the goal difference now could be huge for us if we keep pick up these big, big wins, you know, to counter, we've kind of counteracted the Sunderland debacle now. So we need to keep on doing that, don't we? And is this an opportunity to, to hammer somebody again? It is. Um, at the same time, I'd be perfectly happy with a 1-0 win. Um, yeah. Callum Patterson's nose. Um, yeah, <laughs> with the, the, the run that, that they're on, uh, the goal, the amount of goals they've conceded on paper, yeah, it's an opportunity to put five past somebody else. But like I say, it's 
it, it has got a banana skin element to it where we could quite easily go and lose 1 0, 2 1, like we did at Lincoln. So I'd be perfectly happy with a solid, steady 1 0, 2 0 win for me. I, I'm not really, but at, at the moment, yeah, goal difference is has to be something that, that you're thinking about, but three points is more important. Yeah, and I think we talked about it earlier, didn't we, uh, Jeff, with the confidence side of things as well. It's not going to do us any favours if we didn't beat them on Saturday, whether it's a 1-0 or a 10-0 game. It's got to go in our favour, hasn't it? Because if we're losing to, I think they're still in the bottom three, um, it, it's not looking good, is it? I will take eight one nils the rest of the way. Like that, <laughs> it's what it comes down to, right? You just The goal difference is nice. Look at the schedule, look at their games in hand, look at their position on the table, just get wins and it'll take care of itself. I don't think you can can worry about that. All that said, yeah, they should put three or four goals by them, right? But I don't think you can worry if they don't. Like that's the thing with the Accrington game too, is that that's one of those ones where you just have to see it out and they didn't. And that's the that's the thing. It's like it just look. I love a little liquid football uh, like we got against Cambridge. Don't think we're going to get that against Gillingham for a variety of reasons, but you just have to win and get into the playoffs and then worry about what comes after that. Uh, There's no style points at this point in the season. Yeah, Steve, I mean, it's got to be a better game than the last time we played them, hasn't it? Because that was one of the worst games of football I've seen in this league. I think it was just it was classic Steve Evans football, wasn't it? It was just angry red man at the side of the pitch and everything just diving, laying down, just laying down for five minutes and claiming you're injured. I mean, surely, I mean, Neil Harris, you know, he's got the background where he's been at Cardiff, wasn't he? And he's played a bit classier football over the years. Are we going to at least see a decent match? Because I'd rather watch a good match and still win than watch that that we had to watch last time under Steve Evans. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that to an extent. But to, to Jeff's point, if we if it's a shit match and we win one nil, I'm 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 happy with that. I'm 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 all about it. No no problem at all. Um, I think I'd like to think that our squad and our style of play and the way that we've been over the last sort of two three months is miles further on than we were when we played them I in October November time, whenever it was. Um, I don't think that they've got anything if we kick on and get at it. Um, I don't think they've got anything that can live with us. Uh, my only worry is that they've looked at Tuesday night, and this is not just Gillingham, but teams going forward. Are they going to look at the, the performance from, from Accrington as a, as a bit of a blueprint? Um, stop Bannon playing, because they, they isolated Bannon Tuesday night. They sat on him. Um, they, they, they said, whatever happens, the, ball, the, 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 the Wednesday team does not go through Barry Bannon on Tuesday night. And that, to my point earlier, that's where I thought he struggled a little bit not through any fault of his own. I thought he, he was neutralised a little bit. Um, I'd hope that, and we've talked about this, has Darren Moore got a plan B? Um, I'd hope that if it's not going our way, that we can we can go in there. But we've got the, the players in and around it now that have got the quality and the physicality to go and mix it. So all being well, I think we'll be all right. And Stevie, you're going to be in Gillingham. Ben, are you going down to Gillingham? Um, I'm not. I've actually took my ticket back because I've got, other other things on. Um, ah. You're pulling so, cars. You're pulling a car. <laughs> yeah. You, no, you're sitting I, in a bit of ice. Pu- pu- pulling the car and sitting in ice isn't in the, the description for the this one. Um, but, you're basically yeah, so pulling I've, a car, aren't you? I'm not a car. It'll no, be a HGV lorry. Pulling a plane. <laughs> pulling a plane. <laughs> Are you carrying one of them massive balls of concrete round? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not picking any Atlas stones up. These are all strong. Are you, are you gonna hold it? Are you gonna hold an axe like that? <laughs> <laughs> These are all strongman things. It's uh, different. CrossFit, not strongman, but but yeah, it's similar. Similar. Well, you do things right fast as well, don't you? That's what puts me about. It, it, it's not it, just it, about being strong. It's about like jumping yeah. on boxes and that. Well, can't be bothered. So you're giving up your weekend to go and tire yourself out. I don't understand how it makes you happy, Ben. I just don't, it doesn't look fun. You don't fun. look like you're enjoying it. You look like you're in agony. Mate, I've seen your Instagram. <laughs> it is not fun. <laughs> Turning into damn fudge. Oh, God, I'm let's not. not go there. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, where will you be watching the match on Saturday? 
I will be on my living room couch listening to whatever strang. I guess it'll be uh, whatever the BBC Radio Sheffield is. That's what we get for the away broadcasts uh, here. Yeah. So it could be could be anyone. Could be but a lot of uh, John Pearson does it a lot. We've got also gotten a lot of Brian Laws. Yeah, you might get a bit well. of Brian Laws. It depends. Yeah, Brian, Brian, Brian Laws is better. Brian Laws is yeah. better. <laughs> Brian Laws is more calming to listen to. I, I have a soft spot for for Brian Laws. Um, that was sort of like when I got was able to really start following the team uh, closely again because I had like actual internet, good internet speeds, and the team had a website and stuff like that. So that was, was back I was when little... I worked at the club. I actually yeah. worked with Brian Laws. He's a lovely, yeah. lovely, lovely man. He's great. Part of that too is he was replaced by Alan Irvine. So that might yeah. be that might be uh, <laughs> I don't know, effect on how I view his uh, tenure looking on or looking back yeah yeah right guys does anyone have any of the business it's not wednesday or later this is it uh, about weightlifting no it's something that's just happened um <laughs> so somebody has tied themselves to the post in newcastle Everton game <laughs> yeah, we need to stop recording and go, and, go, and go watch that yeah we'll see what's happening it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> they've tied themselves <laughs> Oh, I hope they're okay. No, that's not what I'm laughing at. It's completely off topic, but I've never what seen do, I'm talking before. away and I'm like, why is Ben laughing? Is he, is he talking about me off chat? <laughs> oh, my only any other business, and I have asked Dan Fudge's permission, so don't shout at me, anybody, is don't forget to Google Homes for Ukraine. If you can put somebody up and give them a home for six to 18 months, if you can volunteer, please do. You could really make a difference. Go on, Stevie. Yeah, um... I've mentioned the charity game that I'm involved in May 7th. Um, it's been a while since I've plugged it on here. Just anybody that's listening that follows us on Twitter, um, the Eve Merton Dreams Trust game on the 7th of May. Tickets are on sale. Go to my tweet, uh, Twitter, check the pin, uh, the link that's pinned to the top of my profile. Um, you can donate fundraising through that. This Saturday is the first uh, round of releases in terms of the legends that are going to be playing. Um, I'm not going to mention anybody now, but there's some rumours that it's going to be a little bit tasty this year. So um, keep an eye on, on the socials because um, I'm going to be kicking these guys' backside to, to get some money over the over the line for me. Please. Who wants Louis Tomlinson? <laughs> That'd be right good. The little one direction. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's just go back to you, Jeff. How can people find Al's Americas and the podcast and yourself on Twitter? So we are on Twitter at Owls Americas. That's also our Instagram. Uh, we have a website, owlsamericas.com, which you can check out. All our meetups go on there. All the information about our OA Away Day, which is our national meetup this year in New York City. Uh, it's, I mean, you can still show up if you want, just RSVP with Patty. It's uh, April 2nd for the Wimbledon game. We're doing stuff the Friday night before in uh, Manhattan as well. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. Thank you very much. I think you've got my James coming over soon to New York. Yes, um, I think it's the week after. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing him this weekend uh, before I pack him off on his way uh, in the fresh air because he has to do a COVID test before he can fly. So it's going to be a cold weekend with me and James. Stevie, how can people get hold of you? Um, on Twitter at Spendog5. Um, yeah, and just on Instagram at Spendog. And Ben? Uh, Twitter, I've actually got it up because you've not asked me for it, just so I forgot. <laughs> Oh, you can never uh, remember it. <laughs> no, I couldn't. Uh, then we st- we stopped asking, so I didn't have to do it, and now I get me Twitter. <laughs> um, at ben underscore Woody twenty three, and if you want any CrossFit stuff, then go on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you could watch like the the rivalry between Dan Fudge watching the young, handsome, muscular man he wants to be, and then like mimics it the next day, and he just looks like just in pain. <laughs> basically um if you want to find me on twitter i probably won't accept you as a follower but it's victoria1867 or the podcast is at twwcast we are at thewednesdayweek.co.uk and we will speak to you soon oh and thanks to my constant time management again (laughs) the wednesday week five friends one football club and about six jokes they just repeat over and over and over and over and over. Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. You are listening to the Wednesday Week, sponsored by Michael Constantine Welsh Wealth. Right, start again. <laughs> <sighs> Honestly. Leave that in. Leave it in. <laughs> <laughs>
At least he's getting extra sponsors slots, isn't it? <laughs> I've got a glass of water. Um, right, okay. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.